Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake. If you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Hi there, welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy brought to you by Book Elevator Pitch. If you want to know what that is, and if you're writing a nonfiction book, I guarantee you do, go to bookelevatorpitch.com. I'm Anna David. Every week I talk to uh, best-selling authors and the world's top entrepreneurs about how to build a business with a book. And today's treat for you is my friend Jeremy Enns. And he says over on the LinkedIn, I help ambitious optimists develop and grow podcasts that matter. He is my podcasting go-to guy. When I'm having a crisis about my podcast, which has happened more than I'd like to admit, um, I've booked calls with him where he, he just knows, he knows more about, he knows how to think about podcasts from a place of joy. And we really get into this in this episode about how when you're doing, when you're following your curiosity, you're going to be successful. And that's why I always lean on him. He's got a newsletter, uh, Creative Wayfinding, that I read every Sunday. Um, he's just, he's a really uh, wise soul. And so I have had other guests on to talk about how to get on podcasts. But what I wanted him to come on and talk about is how do you make your book into a podcast. Also, how could you make a podcast into a book? But more relevantly for you, how could you make a book into a podcast? So he broke that down rather brilliantly. If you would like the show notes, which includes a link Jeremy made especially for you, you, mm-hmm. go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com slash blog slash Jeremy. And now I give you Jeremy Enns. Thanks for being here, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Anna. Um, as you know, I am a true fan, and I am I am one of your thousand true fans because I really listen to everything you say and would maybe even fly to some whatever weird foreign country you're in right now to go to an event. <laughs> so the uh, the weird foreign country I'm in right now is Canada. So maybe not weirder ones. You've been in weirder That's ones. That's true. Yes, that is true. Um, 
my partner and I spend most of our time traveling and have for the past six years or so. And we are actually today we booked our accommodation for Lisbon, Portugal, which right now is like the, one of the hottest cities in the world for remote workers. So maybe that's not really weird either. But we're kind of starting the process of hopefully settling there longer term, applying for visas and, and all that. So um, you are more than welcome to fly to Lisbon or any other part of Portugal in the next year or so. And we're going to greet you. I okay. swear to God, this is not about you, but we just got tickets to go in uh, September. So that's yeah, oh my God. Be Lisbon? We'll, we, we'll be there. Oh my God. We have to meet up. I have a very good friend who lives there. And then I haven't been since college. Podcast listeners do not need to hear about this. We shall just pick this up <laughs> another time while not recording. However, so we met how, how perfectly appropriate that you live this nomadic life. And I met you at the um, world's greatest event, which I'm blanking on the name of. World Domination Summit. Thank you. And it was so spectacular. And I remember that we just met briefly and you were giving a sort of, you know, talk in the park about podcasting, which is so cool. Yeah. So that was 2017, uh, I believe. And it's very yeah. fitting. The The final WDS World Domination Summit just happened uh, a week or, or two ago from when we're recording this right now. You were unable to make it. I, I was able to make it. Um, and then we were, were just chatting the other the week and, uh, and realizing that I guess it's been five years since we first met. And the funny thing about my memory is I thought I met you at your event that you were putting on, but maybe I didn't introduce myself or something. So you remember you were at my event and I remember oh, I was at mine? your event. <laughs> I oh, I didn't so. know you were at mine. <laughs> Could have been both. Yeah. But it's really funny because it's not like, like there are people I met there that we hung out and I've never spoken to them again. You and I didn't, it was like in total passing. And I have Anna Sabino. I don't know if you know her, but she's another creator that just in passing, but she's, it's, you never know who you're going to end up really following, really consuming the content of. I would never have known. I would have thought it would have been other people. Um, But so the reason that I wanted you to come on is to talk about this notion of, Um, making a podcast into a book or making a book into a podcast. But first, let's talk about making a podcast into a book. Do you know of examples? Have you seen people do this? So... I think there's a, I mean, so yes, the, the, the short answer is yes. I think the classic example who kickstarted and inspired a lot of people is Tim Ferriss. And I believe tools of Titans was the outcome of that, but he's had a couple that are similar kind of concepts, but I think probably they all came from the podcast. And so I don't know necessarily, he's probably spoken about this, whether he went into the podcast with that goal in mind, or if part somewhere along the way, you know, that uh, came out of it. But I know a number of people who have um, seen Tim's example and then have gone and said like, okay, I'm going to do a hundred interviews. And at the end of this, I'm going to turn it into a book. And, you know, like with any creative endeavor, some of those, some people make it to the end and are successful with the book. Some people make it to the end, never write the book. Some people write the book and it, you know, entirely nobody bombs and nobody buys it. And uh, most people probably never make it to those hundred episodes. But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of one model out there for, uh, approaching creating a show from the start with the end goal in mind of turning it into a book. But I know a lot of people, and you know, like you mentioned there, Tim is one of those examples who, you know, was creating this content already. And at some point along the way, kind of had this realization, like, okay, maybe already in my back catalog of content, I've, I've got the, the bones of a book there, or maybe I'm going to start like looking ahead and shifting some of the people that I'm interviewing or how I'm approaching um, the podcast and then being able to, to kind of do almost two birds with one stone when it comes to kind of creating those two different creative projects. Now, do you think, I mean, the way that Tim Ferriss did it, and I will tell you, I've never read Tools of the Titans all the way through. God bless you if you have. 
because uh, it's like war and peace of yeah. of business tools. Um, but and he says in the beginning, in the in the forward, it's not really meant to be read front to back. You know, sort of find your thing. His is essentially transcripts. It's chunks of transcripts. Would you recommend doing it that way or doing it another way? I mean, I think that this depends on how you're approaching both of these projects. So if you are, if the book is secondary to the podcast, maybe the transcripts are fine. But if you're producing a book to produce a book, and I would imagine this is probably your thoughts as well, like do it right. And like, it's not going to be as valuable a book if it's just transcripts. It's it's kind of this add-on almost afterthought type thing. And you can, you know, package it up beautifully and all of that as well. And, you know, hopefully you're going to do that to some extent um, because that matters for, you know, selling anything. Um, but I, I would say like, if you actually want to produce a book, like treat it as a book and think of it as producing two different types of content here. And I think that this is one of the things like people hear a lot about content repurposing. And this is something that I talk to podcast cre creators a lot about, or people who have businesses who are producing podcasts for their shows and they hear about content repurposing and they think like, okay, well, I'm just going to post the same thing on 17 different places around the internet. And lo and behold, none of them actually works because none of them was custom created for, you know, any of those platforms. It was this kind of generic thing. And so I would say that the same would hold true for the book, where if you don't actually approach it like a book, package it like a book, uh, it's probably not going to sell very well uh, or have much of an impact. Not many people are going to read it. So uh, I would take that and say like, okay, I've got the ideas that I found here on the podcast and there's going to be some great quotes that have come out some, from some of the, the interviews that I've done. If you are doing an interview show and like those can be pulled in places, but you're still going to need to do a lot of writing to kind of string it together and, and uh, create, you know, a, an actual cohesive product uh, out of it that way. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I decided about six months ago that I was going to make this podcast into a book. And it's and I really was like, I'm just going to do the transcripts. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing the transcripts. And the, the story I was telling myself is, you know how Rolling Stone sometimes will do oral histories of like a classic movie. I'm like, oh, it'll be like an oral history. And then I realized it was the lazy man's answer. And I was just trying to avoid the work. And pulling each transcript apart and putting it back together as a book has been one of the more fulfilling experiences of my life. Because here's the thing, and you know this better than anybody. When you're doing a podcast, people are giving you gems every week. And you're just you're just on the treadmill and you're like, okay, gotta get the episode, gotta get my name. And and it wasn't until I actually read the transcripts and did more than read, put them into different sections that I was like, this is gold. I've been getting gold and I've been tossing it away in my zeal to produce content. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing about a book for most people are like you're producing a book to position yourself as the authority. And I mean, hopefully, you know, most great books are not just necessarily you lecturing the audience. There is, you know, a heavy uh, element of interviewing and there's a lot of like exploring questions and relying on other people who are experts as well. Those are, I think, the, the more engaging books out there. And certainly there are some where just the author speaks to you for, you know, 200 pages or whatever it is. And some of those are really helpful, but the, the more engaging ones have a kind of this mix of all of these different sources of insight and knowledge and, and everything there. But I think a lot of times when you're, if you're taking the transcript approach, you're kind of just 
deferring to all these other people. And they may be, you know, really smart people who you've had on the podcast. They may have really great gems, but your job, I think as the author, the reason somebody's going to read your book, uh, especially, and I would say even more so like the value of turning a podcast into a book is you saying, having the vision to say like, here's the central theme that ties all this together. And here's my argument around it. And here's how all these other interviews kind of tie back into that. And that doesn't necessarily come through on a podcast that much because depending on the type of show you have, if you have just an on going interview show, it kind of just feels like, you know, every week there's a new interview that vaguely ties back to this, this theme. And I think, you know, one of the things that I coach people with, with podcasts is like, you should be pretty explicit, at least to yourself, if not also to your audience about what that main theme is so that you're tying everything back to it. But I think a book is like truly probably the best version of that idea of taking this like core idea and here then tying all these different insights and, and sources of inspiration and stories and all these things that your guests have supplied. And then you're doing the work of tying it all together and helping people see, you know, how it all fits, how the puzzle pieces kind of fit together. So I think that's almost the work of creating the book rather than just figuring out how to make these transcripts, you know, readable and coherent. So well said. I mean, that's exactly, I'm in the midst of it. So what about somebody who, because more of my listeners have books or will have books than have podcasts. So what about somebody who said, whoa, I, I just put all this work into a book. Could, could I make it into a podcast? I hear about repurposing content. What, now, obviously, it's going to depend on the kind of book. But what, let's just say it's a business book, um, you know, about like, creating, I, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to, you tell me what the steps would be. <laughs> yeah. So there's one that comes to mind that I, it was a shorter run. I think there were two seasons of it. It was actually Elizabeth Gilbert. And so it was around big magic. And I believe she started the podcast in the lead up to it and then continued through for another season or year or whatever it was afterward. And essentially the interesting thing about her show. And I listened to it for a while, maybe I, even all the, all the episodes, there wasn't that many of them. Um, but what stuck out to me is I think a lot of people, it's almost in reverse what we were just talking about of where people say, well, I already created this thing. So I'm just going to turn it verbatim into a different medium. And I mean, you can do that, but if you're producing an audiobook, like then if you're hoping to sell that, you're essentially just, you know, making that available for free. So I don't think that's the way you necessarily want to go. And probably People who, if they listen to it in podcast form, it's just the exact same as the book. They're probably not buying the book either. Can still be a great brand building, you know, kind of strategy there. So maybe there's some some benefit there. But the way that Liz Gilbert did it, and the way that I would recommend do it, doing it, is taking that core thesis that is, you know, forms the backbone of your book, and then maybe it's people who you already interviewed for the book. Uh, maybe it's new people. And you're saying like, let's see how this applies to different people as well. And so it's almost this add on this bonus to the book where people get it. And then they get to listen to the podcast and they can hear, oh, here's how these concepts apply to all these different people. And you know, you could interview unlimited number of people um, to kind of, you know, bolster that argument. And I think that one of the things that is really interesting about a podcast, especially if you do it on an ongoing basis, is you can start it as that. You can start with your book and you can say, okay, well, let's start to interview people about how these things uh, apply to their life or how they are applying these concepts to their business or, you know, whatever their your uh, subject matter expertise is. But over time, you know, your interests are going to start to shift. And so you can kind of just start to shift those interviewees and, and you can start to say like, okay, we're going to talk about some of these things that tied into the last book, but now uh, you're following your curiosity in a new direction. You're starting to ask new questions and all of a sudden you're forming the, the kind of backbone for the next book. And that's actually something that I talk to a lot of podcasters about is, you know, approach it as if you are going to write the book you know, two years from now, like, what's the book you want to write? 
start laying the groundwork with your podcast, whether or not you ever write the book, like approach it that way. Because I think a book people, it's a much more kind of uh, bounded project where it's not just open-ended, like to, to write and publish a book, you need to finish at some point. A podcast could conceivably go on forever, but I think it starts, uh, great podcasts start from the same place. So I, I think there's just tons of overlap with both of these. And so I think like if you're already thinking you're already doing one and thinking in that way for one of these projects, the, the crossover isn't actually that difficult, but it's kind of uh, just resisting that initial urge kind of to repurpose wholesale verbatim in just a different medium. And I, but I think also people think people give uh, the readers and the listeners too much credit. They go, well, I can't, I mean, they already read my book. Why would they be interested in the same topic on, you know, and, and people's, I tell people post content from your book while you're writing it. And they're like, but then people aren't going to want, they don't remember what they read this morning, let alone, you know, you're not, you're not cannibalizing yourself if you're taking that material. Um, but I, but you bring up such a good point, which is What's amazing about what you said is you can exp you can basically dig into your authority even more. Use the book, and then it's you can almost look at the podcast as a sequel, but it's yes. an audio sequel that's not a book. Well, yeah, and I, I would ask any writer out there who's already finished a book. Uh, I have not finished a book already, but I write fairly prolifically. And for most of my articles feel this way uh, a week later, two weeks later, a day after I published it today, I sent out a newsletter. And as, as soon as I published it, I was like, I know how I should have ended it. And I didn't like I, you know, it was the, the previous version that one shipped. I can go edit the blog post version. But like, of course, every single person who has written and published anything, I'm guessing has at some point after the fact realized like, oh, I missed that part, or I didn't quite know how to get that around, or I cut this part and, you know, it didn't make it into the final version. Like, yeah, those are all great place, ways to, you know, add that content into a podcast or, you know, any other kind of form of content. And maybe that involves interviewing other people. Maybe that's just solo episodes where you're adding this addendum onto the book and you kind of get to continue the conversation in a way that maybe, you know, you or your editor, your publisher didn't, you know, allow it, didn't make in the cut into the most concise version of that idea, which is the book. But there is still a whole bunch of other stuff that, you know, you used as reference and research in, in creating the book um, that, would be great content still. Maybe it just like wasn't quite aligned enough with what the book was was for, but it still is related to your audience uh, who is consuming the book. So I think that, yeah, that's a great way to kind of take some of those ideas that maybe was pretty painful to cut in the first place and actually still, you know, make something out of them going forward. Yeah, they call it killing your babies, bringing your babies back to life. I know that's like morbid and weird. I didn't say, it's Stephen King quote. <laughs> Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turn successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. But, um, but so... What's interesting about Big Magic as an example is it's not like that was a how-to book. So mm -hmm. technically, <clears throat> a how-to book, I think, definitely lends itself more. You can see the the vision of that starting out and becoming a podcast. I didn't listen to Big Magic. I forgot about it until you mentioned it. Um, you know, how how did you read the book? How similar were the book and the podcast? So I listened to the audiobook actually. Uh, I never read the the physical or or ebook, but that was actually one of my favorite audiobooks because she reads it and she just has great like 
intonation throughout yeah. of it and great delivery. And like, it's entirely different from what, what's really interesting is like the, so the book was called big magic, obviously. And the podcast was called magic lessons, I think. Mm. And so the podcast was all interviews with her friends, some of whom are fairly well known. I recognize some of them, uh, you know, as I was scrolling through the feed uh, initially. And some of them, I had no idea who they were. And they were like, you know, maybe her neighbor down the block or something like that, who is entirely, you know, anonymous to the the online world or people who know Liz Gilbert. And um, so they were very, like, it, it was this idea of where, I mean, she shares stories in Big Magic, a lot of stories, but a lot of it is her personal experience. Like it's, it's kind of a memoir of yeah. her experience with creativity and the creative process. And so the podcast was more exploring other people's experiences with that creative process. And, you know, a lot of it ties back to the book in a way, but it's also not super explicit. It's not like every episode she's saying like in chapter four, we talked about this and we're going to explore that in more depth here. It's like an authentic conversation with someone about these same things that, you know, are just swirling around in her head as she's been in the book writing process and the promoting process. And so I, I get the sense, like, these are the conversations she wanted to have that maybe didn't make or, or people she wanted to share who maybe their stories didn't quite fit into the book or she got to share, you know, a few paragraphs of that person's story, but wanted to share an hour long conversation because they had so much great stuff to say, like, you're probably not sharing thousands and thousands of words of one person's story in a book, because that gets a little bit monotonous, maybe, but on a podcast, that's actually the perfect format for that. So that was kind of how she did it and and would be probably how I would recommend thinking about that as well. And then also, you know, it is obviously good promotion. So let's say you mm-hmm. have it for the book. So let's say you have a book and then a year later you launch a podcast. Um, like you should be, is it crass to mention your book every, you know, you don't want to look like you're totally hawking your book all the time, but how, what would you recommend? How would you recommend handling that? Yeah. I mean, I think you can do it in a number of different ways. I think that I would probably I would probably like run some kind of ad potentially in it. And maybe that's toward the end of the episode. So it's more, you know, the people who are actually listening through full episodes, they're getting that, but it's not too intrusive for other people. I would mention it naturally, but I I just wouldn't try and force it too much. And so I think like there's a lot of times, I, I think when you do kind of over mention it, when it's clear that you're just in promotion mode, that turns people off. But I think when it comes up organically and you're talking about this conversation and you're saying like, oh yeah, you know, I, in, so, so we're having a conversation and, you know, something comes up and, and you can kind of bring up and like, oh yeah, you know, this is something that in whatever chapter it was, like, you know, we talked about this and I think there's this weird, I read this, um, Mark Manson article a couple months ago or something like that. And it was something along the lines of the best things in life are backwards. And it was about how he kind of had a bunch of different like graphs there and how in some ways, like in very straightforward tasks, it's essentially linear where, you know, effort in equals results out and the more effort, the more results. And it's kind of a very linear process. And then some like more complex tasks are more, uh, they, they compound in nature. They're more exponential. So you put in effort and you're not really seeing any results. You're not seeing any results. You're still putting in more effort and all of a sudden your results shoot up. Yeah. And then there's some tasks that actually it's inverse where the less effort you put in, the more, or or the more effort you put in, the harder it is to achieve the result. And so a lot of these things were around like happiness. The harder you try to be happy, the harder it is 
to actually be happy. Or the harder you try to make someone love you, the harder, like it, it's, it's harder for them to actually get that. And so a lot of these things are about detaching yourself from that outcome. And I think that promotion and marketing and sales kind of fall into that category where there's, yeah, there's things we can do, there's strategies, there's tactics, but the more promotional you get, the more you push people away. And so that's one of those things that I like to keep in mind. And I think, you know, for my approach to marketing and, and how I teach marketing is really, it's about building relationships with people. And so I think, you know, you go to any networking event and the person there who's just handing out business cards and just like, you know, their little like two minute pitch to you, handshake onto the next person. Like nobody is is doing business with that person. They're not winning any everyone over. They're just annoying everyone. And so we don't want to be that people either with all of our content. And so I think just keeping that in mind and thinking about like, okay, how can I make this valuable? And I'm going to bring up my book when it's relevant, but I'm not going to beat people over the head with it because, you know, probably they're already aware. And if I can just, you know, be consistent and continue providing them with a positive experience, eventually, you know, they're going to find their way to the book if they ever are in fact, and a lot of people won't, and that's fine. And maybe the podcast is the alternative that they still, you know, end up on your email list or attend a workshop or, you know, whatever it is, sign up to work with you. It's not like they need to read the book to become a customer or a fan or an advocate to recommend you to someone else or any of those things. And I'm sure most studies today show that way more people are listening to podcasts than are reading books. I don't. I should know those statistics, but I don't know. I'm sure it's true, though. Don't I would imagine. Yeah. 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 So I love this. So so basically, we're saying it could work for a memoir, as it did Elizabeth Gilbert. It can certainly work for a how-to. I mean, that's what I'm in the process of building. Do you think it could work for a novel? So that I think would be potentially a little bit different. And I don't know anyone who's done this, but I do know a number of people who produce podcasts as a, well, part of it is to feature their short story writing. And another part of it is as a forcing function to continue to write things because they know, Hey, I release one episode a month. I need to have something written because I've got this audience that's waiting for me. And so I think that potentially, you know, a lot of times, you know, a short story will turn into a novel. And so that's kind of a way to seed it. Uh, I think there's also opportunities. There are many in, in the fictional podcast world, there are many shows out there and I can't name any off the top of my head, but that are kind of roundups where you can submit your stories and get, you know, a publicity that way. And so if you're already writing short stories and if you're already producing audio around them, uh, that's a fantastic way to do that. And I can't remember if it's, there is one, I can't remember what show this is. If it was like lore which is now a massive show and i think got an amazon deal and all all this kind of crazy stuff or if it was another show but essentially the podcast started it was started by a fiction writer who was writing short stories and wanted to be a writer and kind of just like thought oh i'll get into podcasting maybe that's a way to do this and had just ended up having way more success as a podcast creator and you know they're obviously still a writer as well but it turned out that you know he was making these incredibly like audio rich with sound design and all these things like he was really like doing it to a hundred percent on the podcast side of things and that all his writing was good and it ultimately took off whereas it never really gained traction was just audio or, or um written right. stories and and so i would say that maybe that's a way to explore it as well if you are a fiction writer and if you're just wanting to get people interested in your writing probably if you're able to get people listening to your short stories that's going to be good for you when you release a full-length novel yeah yeah i love it so would you say it's you know, sort of, you know, looking at the table of contents um, and and going from there, would you recommend like reread your book as if you're a reader and highlight and come up with episodes? Like how would the transition happen? 
Yeah, I think I would just start with always coming back to like what that big idea is, like what's what's the through line in the book? And then I would start to think about like probably there is going to be a bunch of overlap with the book and with your interviews or your episodes or however you uh, choose to structure them. And so, but starting from that idea, what is the big idea that made its way into the book, assuming we're going from book to podcast? And then I'm just a huge advocate for following your own curiosity. I think it's really hard to stay motivated long enough to have success with anything when you're just feeling like you have to do this for, you know, how and indefinite amount of time. And so I would say like, okay, what's the big idea here? Like, what are the things I'm still excited about? What are the things I'm curious about? Who would I love to talk to who, you know, relates to this topic? Because maybe there's people now that you've got a book out now that you're starting a podcast, maybe there's people who you weren't able to talk to for the book, but now that you have a podcast and they're going to get featured in in that way, that maybe that's opening some doors there. And so I, I would just like, think about like, okay, what's the idea? And then where do I want to go with this still? Or, you know, what, what wasn't covered in the book? Um, what's the next step after the book? It could be an entirely, like the book could be the, the jumping off point to go into the next thing. And so a lot of things are still going to tie back to it, but um, they're, they're not maybe things that already made their way into the book. So that would be where I would start with it. I think it's hard to get too formulaic with it and, and still, I think there's probably ways to do that and be successful. Um, I know a lot of people have created many formulas around book writing and publishing and all that kind of thing. And a lot of them work really well. I know for myself as a creator, when I feel like I have to do everything this way, I lose interest almost immediately. And so with something like a podcast that I, from personal experience and many other clients, and, and you certainly know, like if you just do it for six months, it's probably not going to achieve much of anything. And whereas if you do it for two or three or five years, it can be a utterly transformative kind of project for you. And so I think like central to that is like following your own intuition and curiosity. And uh, probably a lot of those things kind of went into the book in the first place. And so kind of just continuing to follow that thread where it's going to lead next. And actually it's with a podcast, it's much easier to evolve than with a book. I mean, it happens mm -hmm. with books. I, I, I'm, this is so meta, but this book I'm writing based on this podcast, I got beta readers, never done that before. Mm -hmm. Getting this feedback early on made me see, oh, I need to evolve this before I do my first draft. Whereas for me, anyway, my podcast, it evolves all the time and listeners will go along for the ride. Not all of them, you know, but you, you who are listening, you're <laughs> on the ride still. Whereas if your book is going to meander and not stay on topic and just kind of people, are, it's just going to, nobody's going to like it. So you have a lot more yeah. freedom with the podcast. Yeah, I, I would say that for sure. There's kind of like, I mean, hopefully there's something tethering you back to some kind of central theme. But a lot of times I think with a podcast, like that thing is you and where you're currently at uh, related to your topic. Hopefully you're still you know sticking within that topic or whatever people are, are seeking you out for. Uh, I would imagine most people writing books are, are hopefully have are clear on what that is. And it's not just an everything and anything kind of, uh, which is more common with podcasters. I think that people sit down and say, well, I just want to have conversations about whatever I'm interested in. And, you know, sometimes it seems like some people who are really successful do that, but really there is an underlying kind of like subtext to everything that they're doing in the through line that isn't maybe immediately apparent to the casual observer, but certainly right. ties everything together. Um, but I think that, yeah, that shifts over time for everybody. And uh, that's, you know, a, a lot of shows undergo that transformation where, especially like you just think of anybody is probably not interested in a three-year window. Probably their interests have changed pretty substantially and the conversations they're wanting to have are not the same as you know three years before or what they're going to be three years from now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of people might be tempted to go, well, I'm doing interviews for my books. 
couldn't I just use those, release those as episodes? Is that something you would recommend? Yeah, that's something I've wondered about. And I think it could be. I would almost, it's hard to say. I think the scheduling, like I would want to probably, probably when you're doing those interviews for your book is quite a bit earlier than when you might want to be promoting the book. And I mean, on the one hand, it's good to start promoting as early as possible. So if you're, you know, let's say you have a published date of like two years from now or whatever that is, then in your mind, you're like, okay, in whatever month of whatever year, like I'm going to be publishing this book and I'm going to start the interviews now. Like maybe that is a good time to start having those. And that would almost be maybe more in the tools of Titans kind of camp. So that Mm. possibly could be the way that you would do it. And I think Malcolm Gladwell's actually done this as well. Like he started with, especially with his audio books recently has been blending podcast, almost kind of production values with audiobooks and things like that, where clearly like one is influencing the other and like in, in both ways, actually. Mm-hmm. And so that would be something that I, I think talking to strangers, there was some elements that was, were on his show revisionist history. And he kind of mentioned some of that about how those interviews kind of formed a lot of the basis for uh, what became that book. And so I think that that's certainly a way you could do it. It's not the way you would have to do it. I think I would just yeah, think about like, what I guess like what is the outcome that I want for the book and is that aligned with the podcast and uh like am I going to be actually interviewing the same people are these the same conversations and you know just kind of thinking about the strategy behind those and whether or not they actually align sometimes I think you might think like well I want to talk to these people and for the podcast and this is what I'm interested about here but the book's kind of different so they're not really working together you're kind of doing two different projects but you're trying to bring them together because they're close enough and I don't know I feel like you kind of compromise on both of them in a way sometimes there so I would probably make sure in my mind I would probably set like this is my primary project and so this one everything defaults to this like every decision I make is in service of the book. And so then the podcast is my secondary thing. And maybe I, I'm not going to put as much effort into it. And it's not going to be 100% beautifully produced. But you know, I'm going to start to, you know, do a decent job on it, like get it 70% of the way there. And I'm going to start, you know, building some interest and maybe even just, you know, getting some interesting ideas, feedback from listeners. And you were talking about uh, beta readers a minute ago there. Mm-hmm. And that's something that with the podcast, I mean, engagement is difficult to get, but it's probably uh, still, a, a, if you can put a little bit of effort into that, even get, you know, five or 10 or 20 people or whatever, however many it is who are able to give you feedback on a regular basis and say, oh, that thing that that guest said, like that was so interesting. And you can think, oh, I didn't, wasn't thinking of including that in the book. I didn't really think that was that interesting myself, but clearly people are responding to it. Maybe I need to restructure some things because that clearly struck a chord with people. And so I think that that can be a really, another really valuable way of getting feedback and kind of beta testing some of the ideas that are going to ultimately end up in the book. Well, and you're just making me think, how cool would that be if you're saying like, hey, I'm doing this podcast, I'm writing a book at the same time. Do you want to contribute to this book? By giving me feedback on my podcast, you will be contributing to my book. And so get people really invested. I mean, that would be a very creative way to do that. Um, So wait, this is great. Um, You know, and I know I've done episodes about this already, but I also know how good your wisdom is around this. What would be your top tip for authors who want to get on podcasts? Okay. So for authors who want to get on podcasts, I think that, I mean, the biggest thing is be clear on like 
how the audience, um, and I don't think a lot of people talk about like how the person you're pitching is going to benefit, but most people with podcasts are pretty protective of the people who they allow on. So like, how is the audience going to benefit from this? And I think a lot of people don't have a great idea of that. And they think, well, obviously this is like, yeah, of course, this is an important topic. Like, of course people will love it, but I think that that's often not enough to make a good pitch. And so I think thinking about like, okay, who is this specific audience and you know, what, how are my ideas going to impact them in a positive way? And you know, what is different about this than the hundreds of ideas and show topics that this host has already been pitched in the past. And so uh, really being clear about what that kind of unique differentiated offering is that you're bringing that idea that um, people can only get from you and why that actually matters. I think that's really the biggest thing for, for pitching and getting on shows. And uh, really that again, comes down to, we talked about this a bunch of times today already, but like, what's that kind of core idea um, that is going to be impactful for people. And uh, I think like, I, I think as an author, like that's, that's your job is coming up with a unique idea and building it out and uh, into a book. And so hopefully that's actually pretty easy. I think authors should have an easier time with this than the average kind of entrepreneur layperson who might not have put that much focused effort into distilling those ideas and talking about them and, and really boiling it down. Uh, and so I think yeah, that's why you hear a lot of authors on podcasts because they've done put a lot of thinking into these ideas and uh, understanding how to communicate them. But um, if you are newer to that space, I think that would be the thing that I would just think about is, you know, in an email, in a couple of paragraphs, how can you hook um, the person that you're pitching and show them the value of, of what you're going to bring to the show? I love it. I love it. And John Corcoran, a uh, previous podcast guest said, podcasters want authors because we can clarify that idea. That makes us more attractive podcast guests. So don't shoot yourself in the foot by pitching yourself poorly. Yeah. That's the message. <laughs> um, so, and you know what I'm remembering as we're talking, I have a client uh, who, whose book I published, Chris Joseph, who got into podcasting. And I said, you've got to talk to Jeremy. And he said, you were incredibly helpful. And in a way he now has like more podcasts than he knows what to do with. But one of them really is an offshoot of the book. I don't think he looked at it that way, but it's my one client who's done that. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I love that. And I, I feel like that it just happens with, I, I, you know, I start projects all the time and that means a few of them make it through and if a bunch of them, most of them probably die off at some point, but I feel like that's actually, you just never know what one thing is going to turn into or like lead back into and things circle around. And so you can, you know, start a podcast and you think like, I'm just doing this to have a podcast and all of a sudden your next book idea comes out of it, or you find some way that it actually becomes this great marketing thing for your existing book that you didn't really plan it that way, but somehow it, it turned out into that in the end. So uh, I think there's, I think that goes back to the idea of like following your curiosities and that's the better compass than this person says, I need to follow this strategy to be successful in this way. Um, because I feel like whenever I followed that, uh, I've been unable to be consistent with it. It hasn't been fun. I've had to force myself to do it and I haven't had success. And the, the ways that I've had way more success were saying like, Hey, I'm really interested in this. This is fun for me. I'm excited to explore it. And so I'm going to give it you know, more time than other people, you know, think maybe is reasonable. And what do you know, it ends up being successful. It's so true. And, you know, people can feel when you're excited about it. And I think people can feel when you're just following strategy. Yeah. Um, oh, the strategies are great. So if people want to find you, we'll just talk a little bit about all the services of the courses and the consultations and the things that you offer. 
Yeah. So my kind of main thing right now that I'm working on is a, I mean, it started as a course, it's called Podcast Marketing Academy and is quickly growing out into a larger kind of standalone brand that will have multiple courses serving creators and uh, podcast networks and the kind of internal podcast industry, uh, as well as other kinds of media companies and things like that. So really uh, aiming to be the kind of hub of uh, marketing for the podcasting industry. So uh, whether you're a creator or an entrepreneur or anything like that, uh, I certainly have something available to to offer through that. And so you can find that at uh, counterweightcreative.co slash podcast marketing academy. Uh, soon that will be moved over to its own website, which uh, you could probably also go to podcastmarketingacademy.com and that will just redirect back um, there. But that's the place for all of that. Uh, and there you'll also be able to find uh, information to, to contact me for you know consulting, anything like that. Um, and actually I have put together a page just for your listeners at counterweightcreative.co slash launchpad. And so if you want to get uh, in touch with me through there, that's probably the easiest way to go. And you can find all my information, all the ways to, to connect with me on social media, email, uh, and a bunch of other stuff that I'm up to there. That is great. I will put that link in the show notes and, um, Jeremy, thank you so much. You are fantastic. Um, listeners, you are fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here, Jeremy. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. And please don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company Legacy Launchpad Publishing is available to help industry leaders and those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing, just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for well, next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.